0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. So good to see you today. I hope that you've had a great weekend and uh, we're looking forward to today and our service at 11 and then a week before Christmas. And so I hope that you are ready for that and excited about next Sunday, our Christmas Eve service. And um, I know that uh, some may be expecting a, a morning service, but, you know, we um, it takes a lot of a lot of volunteers, a lot of work, every service that we have um, from nursery workers to um all the musicians and singers and, and just just all the volunteers. And um, so we we wanted to just make sure that we just put one service together and we want the church to be here for that and uh, put all the work into that one service and allow families to be together on Christmas Eve. And so I hope that you'll spend the morning together. Then I hope that you'll come here uh, with your family and friends and out of town guests and anyone that uh, you'll be able to bring here and then uh, spend Christmas Eve evening with your family. You know, the older I get, the more I realize how important family really is. And when you take care of your family, you're not, you're not, uh, um, you're not disobedient. As a matter of fact, if you don't take care of your family, you're disobedient. Your family is the first ministry that God has given you. Amen. And I think in the world that we're living in, we get so busy, we uh, get consumed with so many things. And we don't take the time necessary with the people that God blessed us with. If you have children? The Bible says children are a heritage of the Lord. And uh, unfortunately, so often as parents, we get so busy, our kids don't have that time they need with us. And parents, you need that time with your children and never, never feel guilty for taking time with your family. And so I hope, I hope as we approach Christmas that uh, you don't get so busy wrapped up in all of the things that uh, can get us busy and take us away from what the most important thing is, and that's the blessings from the Lord, and our focus on Christ. And so I hope that you'll do that. And so that's our plan. I've had people say, why don't we have all kinds of services? We should have as many as we possibly can. And uh, maybe that's true, but this year I just felt we need to spend time with family and make that a priority. And so we can do that uh, next Sunday, so I hope you'll be here. Also on your way in this morning, I hope that you received a Bible reading plan. And uh, this is for 2024. Uh, So you could take this, stick this in your Bible and follow along with this. If you have a desire to read your Bible through, uh, this is something that I would encourage you to do, not just as your devotions every day, but uh, add this. uh, Take take just a few minutes every day and you can read through the Bible. And then I would encourage you to take some time each day as well and meditate and, and reflect on passages of scripture as well. Um, and so this is uh, this is something anyone can do. You can take your Bible and you can read through it in 365 days, so I encourage you to do that. And uh, so take one of these. If you did not receive one, make sure that you grab one. Also, if you'll uh, make sure you get a Christmas magazine, uh, we, uh, we mailed those, but uh, I'm not sure if some of you might have gotten them, but they were lost in the mail. They've been lost somewhere between here in Detroit and Detroit and your house, and so, um, we're not sure where they're at. And so we hope they get to you. Uh, but uh, if you need one, uh, you can get a magazine out in the lobby. There's Christmas envelopes. Uh, you can give online, however you'd like to give to that. But thank you for your, your giving in uh, that area. I want you to pray, if you would, please, for Jim Cress. Bonnie passed away. Uh, and um, the funeral is going to be on Wednesday down at Dunn Funeral Home in Bowling Green. And that's going to be at 11 o'clock and uh, viewing will be the night before. We're gonna email all of this information out to our church family tomorrow. Uh, But if you'd please pray for Jim and and their children. Uh, I know Bonnie's been uh, just in uh, a nursing facility for quite some time now, uh, just battling with uh, the disease that she had. And and the Lord is gracious and the Lord um, took her home. And so we're so excited that she's not suffering any longer. Uh, Aren't you thankful for salvation? Uh, I know I am. And I know you are as well. We're thankful for heaven. So you pray for Jim, if you would, please. And I know he'd appreciate your prayers. And um, if you're able to be there Tuesday evening or Wednesday, uh, please do that, it's just so show your support to the family. Also, Jackie Barrow's brother passed away. Jackie, is that right, this past week? And so we're praying for Jackie as well. So if you'd please keep her in prayer. Um, I don't have any more information other than that. So. Um, just pray for Jackie and her family uh, during this time as well. All right, Luke chapter number two, Luke chapter two. And uh, we're going to take a break today. And next Sunday, we're going to take a break from our Bible study through the book of Revelation. I hope that you've enjoyed that. We're just at a spot in Revelation where uh, we are going to be at uh, uh, the mark of the beast and some, some really interesting things that I just don't think that that's how we want to uh, uh, look at our Christmas season. Uh, So we're gonna take a break. Last week, what a wonderful day it was. We had 93 adult guests between our two services uh, on Friend Day, that was wonderful. We had several trust Christ as our Savior, so praise the Lord for that. This year, these last several months of the year, we have seen um, a tremendous amount of people trust Christ as our Savior in our morning services. And uh, yeah, that is just a wonderful thing. We praise the Lord for that. So thank you for praying. Thank you for bringing your guest. And uh, thank you for, for, for caring. And um, uh, I know sometimes our, our invitations might uh, uh, go a little bit longer and you might say, my crock pot is on and I need to get home for this lunch. But um, boy, what a wonderful thing it is to see people coming and being dealt with and trusting Christ as your savior and uh so somebody's mother was saved last week and somebody's sister was saved and somebody's friend was saved and uh people they brought to friend day and uh just uh just a tremendous day so thank you for being a part of that and uh jim ehrman won he brought 12 guests so he was the winner of friend day um so yeah jim great job so we uh we just appreciate all those that brought guests and i hope your guests enjoyed the service um, last week, and I hope they'll come back, and, and maybe uh, Christmas Eve service would be a good follow-up to get them back into uh, church here. Luke chapter number two, I want to, um, I want to speak on a topic um, today, and it's, it's, a, it's a topic that um, I think we, we say we believe, and we, we will repeat it even, and it is, it is a core doctrine of our Christian faith, and that's the virgin birth. It, it's, 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 um, it's important. And maybe maybe uh, the highlight the highlight on the virgin birth is not the Virgin Mary. The highlight on the virgin birth is God did the impossible and that Jesus Christ was born. And so I want us to look at this this major doctrine that we have within our, within our Christian faith and, and uh, look at this thought here today. So I hope this will be a help to you as we approach Christmas and uh, we identify some things that um, will help us in our understanding of the gospel. Luke chapter number two, and uh, let's begin reading a familiar passage of scripture, verse number one. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one, into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. and They were sore afraid." Could you imagine being those, those shepherds as they were just in their fields? I've been to the shepherd's fields in Bethlehem and changed the way I viewed this story. Just standing there where those shepherds would have been on a night where they would have just expected uh, uh, to sleep and they would expect it like any other night, they're hoping just to get through the night without any problems. And as they were going through their normal night, the, the angel appeared unto them and this glory of the Lord shone round about them. I want us to look to, uh, this is a, uh, a passage of scripture. When we talk about the glory of the Lord shone round about them, we, we talk about clouds in the book of Revelation. In the glory of the Lord. This is this same thing that we, when we speak of the Lord in Revelation, that same glory that we see here in Luke chapter number two, that glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord." And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I pray today as we look at this very familiar passage of Scripture, as we look at the birth of our Savior, Lord, teach us something today. Lord, help us to understand this doctrine of the virgin birth, the importance of it. And Lord, I pray that if there's someone here that has never trusted you as their Savior, Lord, that they would see their need of a Savior. They would see that Jesus Christ is God and that he came to pay their sin debt. And So Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would do a work in this room. Lord, I know that there's hearts that are grieving. Lord, there's Death that has come to loved ones this week. And Lord, they need your touch. Lord, I know there's families that are concerned about bills that need to be paid and concerned about Christmas coming and maybe jobs or finances. And Lord, they need a touch from you. Lord, there's some in this room that are concerned with sickness and disease. And Lord, they need a touch from your spirit. Lord, I just pray that you would do today what only you can do. Lord, meet needs. Heal broken hearts. Break hardened hearts. Spirit of God, I pray that you would save souls, that you'd encourage your people. And Lord, may it be said of us that it was good to be in your house today. So Lord, I can't do this in my flesh. I need your help. So God, I pray that you would use this message today to speak to your people. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to understand this morning as we look at this major important doctrine of the New Testament and that is this, the virgin birth is not incidental. It is not something that can just be overlooked or something that can just be passed over. The the thought of a virgin birth is honestly, it's, it's difficult to understand. A child is going to be born of this woman who has never been with a man. This, this thought, this, this understanding of this is, is a difficult thing to understand. And, and, it's, and it's a mystery, really, if we, as we think of this. But if you take away the virgin birth, you take away the chance of salvation through Jesus Christ. If there is no virgin birth, then there is no salvation through Christ. If you take away that God became flesh, and, and born of a virgin and became, became flesh and lived a sinless life, then there is no salvation through Jesus Christ. That's the importance of the virgin birth. And so today, I wanna to give us just a few thoughts that we find here in the passage of scripture. And that, that first thought is this, the great mystery, the great mystery of this virgin birth. I want you to go with me in your Bibles back to Luke chapter 1, and let's look at the story here as this angel appears unto Mary Luke chapter number 1 and would you pick up reading with me in verse number 31 Here the angel comes to to Mary and and Again, I know this passage of scripture. This is not a unfamiliar passage of scripture for for most of you in this room today. Many of you could quote Luke chapter two from heart, from your heart, and and uh, it's all memorized. Our kids can memorize this and have and and this story. But I, I want us to sometimes the the story being so familiar, it's sometimes we lose really what it's saying. And I want you to think about this. Here's Mary, who is engaged to be married to, to Joseph and, and uh, she's planning her life. She's thinking through all the details that's going to be coming and an angel appears unto her. Here, here is a messenger from God, comes to Mary and begins to have this conversation with Mary and says this. Look with me in verse number 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. And shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. And I want you to see Mary's reaction to this because Mary understands she's engaged to be, jo- to, to, uh, to be married to Joseph, but, but she's never had a physical relationship with Joseph. And so Mary's response to this angel's message is this. And Mary said unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? This verse tucked away in this entire chapter is such an important verse because this is Mary identifying and saying, how can this possibly be? I hear what you're saying. You're an angel of the Lord. I'm going to conceive. I'm going to call his name Jesus. He's going to be of the throne of David. He's going to be a mighty king. All right, I, I hear what you're saying, but how is this possible? Because even Mary understood In order to have a child, a husband, a man, must be involved in this relationship. And Mary is confessing here. She doesn't understand how this possibly could be. And the angel has an answer for her, and she says this. The angel answered and said unto unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who hath called barren. And look what she says in verse number 37. And this is the revealing of the mystery. How is this even possible? And the angel tells Mary, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. This is, was a doing from God. This mystery, how in the world could this woman give birth to a child that has never been with a man? And the answer is this, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. It isn't impossible. How can this be? The answer for with God, nothing is impossible. I want you to go with me to First Timothy, if you would please as well. Timothy Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter number three, gives us something I want us to consider here. 1 Timothy chapter number three in verse number 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen of the angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Here's Paul telling Timothy of this great mystery, this mystery of this virgin birth. Here is God manifest in the flesh. The only way that God could be manifest in the flesh is that that Mary was conceived of the Holy Spirit of God. Mary could not have been conceived of man, or that would have been a thing of man mary was conceived of the spirit of god and god became flesh jesus christ who has always been from the beginning of time for all of eternity he's always been he becomes man here at this moment this mystery of this virgin birth secondly i want you to see this in this passage of scripture also not only do we find the mystery of the virgin birth there's salvation salvation through the virgin birth as i said earlier without the virgin birth, there is no salvation through Jesus Christ. The only way that you and I could have salvation is if God, if God gave us salvation. It was because of man that we are born sinners. So man in a sinful state cannot save himself. There was nothing that any man could do. No no good works could save you. No amount of giving could save you. There's nothing you and yourself could do. There's no man that could pay the price for your sin debt if that man were a sinner. So the only way that mankind could have salvation is if God becomes flesh. And the only way for God to become flesh would be born of the Spirit, not of man the virgin birth of god becoming flesh was necessary for salvation so god gave adam and eve dominion over this earth when he created man he created man to fellowship with him and man would fellowship with god in the coolness of the garden and the coolness of the day god would come down and fellowship with man because there was no sin in man god could fellowship with mankind But you know the story that that Adam sinned. But God's desire and God's plan was for Adam and Eve to have dominion in the Garden of Eden. But they sinned. And when man sinned, they lost that dominion. And when they lost that dominion, they turned it over to Satan. And we've learned about that as we've been studying through the uh, the book of Revelation. This is where we come to Revelation chapter number five. Remember, and I said, there's one that held that book, that seal and said, who is worthy to open the seal? And John began to cry because there was no man worthy to open that seal. But there was one that could open that seal. And that elder said to John, cry not, or why are you so upset? There is one worthy. No, it is not a man that was born of man. That was not one that was born into sin. There is one, and he's the lamb of God. He is the one that was from the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is worthy to open that seal. Why? Because he is God. You see... They sinned and they lost dominion that was turned over to Satan and they, they, they infected the entire human race with this sin. And so when Adam and Eve sinned, sin entered into every human being that was born. Our dominion was lost by a man. And the only way, though, that it could be returned is by another man. But how could man get what was lost by man to sin if man is a sinner? The only way that could happen is if God becomes man. And God became man through Jesus Christ, his son. God left heaven's home and became flesh. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He went to the cross and he shed his blood there at the cross. If his blood was blood like yours and mine, it'd be sinful. No matter how many people would die, it's not enough for your sin and for my sin because we're sinners. But if God himself gives his life, his perfect life. It pays of all mankind's sin debt. It brings back that dominion that was lost to Satan there in the garden. In Adam, all men die. But in Christ, the Bible tells us this, that all men are made alive. Why, how is that? Because of the virgin birth. Jesus came to undo what Adam did. Adam lost to sin. Jesus came to undo what Adam did. The Bible tells us this in Romans 6.23, and I know Dr. Gibbs preached on some of this last week. Romans 6.23, the Bible says this, the wages of sin is death. If the wages for all mankind's sin is death, then what man could pay our sin debt? If there was one that was born of mankind, born like you and me into sin, then how could he pay a sin debt if he owed a sin debt. And every single man born into this world has a debt of sin, that wages of sin is debt. Is death. The Bible goes on to tell us this in Ezekiel 18, 20, that the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. So again, I ask you this question. If we are born into sin, if we, you and I, every human being born through the seed of mankind is born with a sin nature, the wages of sin or the cost of that is death, and every single soul that sinneth, it shall die, then there's no hope. But the Bible says this in Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And that comes to this dilemma. Something with blood has to die. Now, I want you to understand this. Why is it necessary for God to become man? Because God in his spirit, there is no blood. The only way that man's sin could be paid for is that blood is shed. All right, stay with me now. The only way that our sin debt could be paid for is there is a blood sacrifice. But if it's a blood sacrifice of a sinner, then that sinner can't pay for another man's sin. And God, who's the only perfect and holy and just, he can't, from heaven, give his life because he's a spirit. So what does God have to do? God, being the only perfect, the only holy, the only just one, has to come and become man. Shed his blood so that you and I could be redeemed from our sin. The only way that God can become man in order to shed his blood is that God was born of a virgin, conceived of the Spirit of God. Not conceived by man, but conceived by the Spirit of God. God then is born flesh manifest he becomes flesh and as god becomes flesh he then takes upon the qualities of flesh that you and i have the blood without the shedding of blood there's no remission of sin god becomes man god then chooses to shed his blood because his blood because he's born of a virgin because he's not from the seed of adam where adam gave to every man that sin nature because Jesus Christ was not born of the seed of Adam, but the seed of the spirit of God, then God becomes man, man then can shed his blood. And when Jesus Christ sheds his blood, there can be remission of sin because he is holy and just. You see, that's why I say you take out the virgin birth, you take out the gospel. You take out the virgin birth, you take out salvation you take out the virgin birth, all you have is man like you and I, and you and I can do nothing. The best we are, the best we can do is sinners. The best we can do is we owe our sin debt. The best we can do is die, surely die, the Bible says, but there must be shedding of blood, and that's what Jesus Christ did. Sin must be paid for by blood. God, being a spirit, has no blood. And I want you to think about this. The great eternal I am cannot die. God in heaven, the great eternal I am, he cannot die. The great eternal I am, he cannot bleed. So what must he do? Become man so that he can die. Become man so that he can bleed so that this dominion was lost by man. Therefore, it must be redeemed by man, but it cannot be redeemed by sinful man. It can only be redeemed by God when God becomes man. So you take away the virgin birth. There's no hope in heaven. Listen, today, you and I sit with hope. Christianity is the only hope for this world, why? Because it is God leaving heaven, coming to earth, becoming a man born of a virgin, to live a life, a sinless life, so that mankind's sin can be paid for. He goes to the cross, he sheds his blood, his blood is sufficient sacrifice for all of our sins, and because of that, you and I can be redeemed back to God. Because of that, heaven is ours. It's a joy we have no other no other religion boasts that God becomes flesh and pays our sacrifice for our sin debt. All other religion says this, that mankind must do to please God. Mankind must try to be good to please God. Ma- mankind must do something in order to find favor with God. But oh, listen to me today. There's nothing that you and I can do to find favor with God. There's nothing you and I can do to find eternal life through ourselves. There's no good works that you and I can do. Why? Because all all of our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. This is why the virgin birth is a major doctrine. This is why it's necessary so that we have eternal life is because God was born conceived of the spirit of God, not because of man. He came as he did, born of a virgin, to be what he was, and that was what? Sinless. Sinless. He was what he was, which was what? Sinless to do what he did. And that was what? Die a substitutionary death. He died a substitutionary death to atone for sin that you and I might be born again. This is the result that we have because of the virgin birth. You and I can be born again because Christ did what he did. So you write this down in your heart someplace, no sinless sacrifice, no atonement for sin. No atonement for sin, no new birth. No new birth, no hope of heaven. So today, today we rejoice. Today, as we look at the the Christmas season, as we look at the birth of our savior, we can rejoice because there was one that came God came and became flesh. And because of that, we have hope. We have heaven. Or So those today, I think of people like Jim and and people like Jackie today and many others in this room that have lost someone this past year, someone that you love, but they knew Christ as your savior. Today, we mourn, but we don't mourn without hope. We miss them, but we don't miss them without hope. We know this, that heaven is theirs. Why? Because God was born of woman, through the virgin birth became flesh and lived a sinless life and went to the cross and paid our sin debt. And because God became flesh, we have eternal life. We have hope. Oh, this is the message we shared last week with our friends that were here. This is why this is not about religion. This is about Christ Christ. This is not something that man could take credit for. Man loves to take credit, don't, don't they? This is something that man can't say, look what we've done. This is something man can't take any credit for and can't take anything for. This is something that only God can do. If it was a child that was born through Joseph's seed, then it would be sinful and it would not be the payment for our sin debt. Not only would it be sinful, man could take credit for salvation, but oh, this is the only way. God said this is the way that mankind can be born again. Man can't take credit for this. There's nothing man can do. It's every that God did to reconcile you back to him. It was God's doing, God's way through this virgin Mary. He was born of a virgin so that you and I could be born again. You know, Satan hates the virgin birth. Hates it. This is why the world mocks it. The, the, The thought of a virgin birth Think about that. This is why the world mocks such a thing. The only way God could become flesh is through the miracle of the virgin birth. And I love what what the angel says to Mary, and that is simply this, for with God nothing shall be impossible. I want you to think about this today. If salvation was something that man could achieve on his own, then man could lose it. If it was something that could be achieved on our own, then Satan could duplicate it. But this is something that only God can do. In all of his majesty, in all of his might, in all of his glory, this is something only God can do. And listen to me, friend. I don't know what you're dealing with this Christmas season. I know in our church there's there's disease and there's sickness and there's pain and there's suffering and there's death and there's financial situations and there's hurts in homes and there's broken marriages. And I understand all of that, but I want you to understand this, that with God there is nothing impossible. We serve a nothing impossible God. If God could come in born of a virgin and give us everlasting life, then God can deal with every single problem you have today. Amen. He can deal with every hurt you're he, uh, feeling today. He can comfort every sorrow that you're dealing with today because we serve an impossible God. This is the same God that said, I'm going to become a man so that you could have everlasting life. This is the same God where the angels even, they're not fully understanding it. They just simply know that an invisible God is going to be born of this virgin and he is going to become a man. What a wonderful mystery this is. You know, I wonder if throughout Mary's life, every time trials came or difficulties came. If she reminded herself in her mind, the angel's words, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Today, I would say to you this, no matter what you're facing today, would you remind yourself of the angel's words, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. I don't know what you're facing today, but you are facing a God where there's nothing impossible for him. Thank God that he stepped out of heaven to become born. In verse number 10 of chapter 2, the Bible calls it this, great tidings, great tidings of great joy, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The news of the virgin birth, the news that God stepped out from glory and became a man is good tidings for all people. Listen to me today, that means you. That means it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what your family's done. It doesn't matter what your father or mother has done. It doesn't matter what your grandparents have done. It doesn't matter what nation you're from. All that matters is this, that God loves you and he became flesh so that you could be born again. He gave his life so that you could have life everlasting and he did it for all mankind. This is not just an American God. This is not just a westernized God. This is not just a white man's God. This is red and yellow, black and white all the nations of the world. This Jesus Christ came to die for the Jew and the Gentile. He came to die for all mankind. When God became flesh, it was good news for all mankind. Because through this, all mankind can be born again. And oh, church, the world needs to know Jesus. The world needs Jesus. Jesus is the Savior of all mankind. I think this past week, as we see the, the news, my son and I were talking last evening, and he said, Dad, did you see this? N- another nation is turning on Israel, and another nation is turning on Israel. And oh my, it seems like the nations of the world are turning on Israel. There's suffering and there's death there in Gaza. They're crying for peace, 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 but you know there is no peace. And the greatest militaries in the world can't bring peace. All the greatest militaries in the world are gonna bring suffering and death. What we are learning is this that peace can only be had through Jesus Christ peace can only come through the name of Jesus. What the Jews need is Jesus. What the Palestinians need is Jesus. What America needs is Jesus. What the Russians need is Jesus. What the Mexicans need is Jesus. What the Chinese need is Jesus. What the Europeans need is Jesus. Jesus is God for all mankind. All the world needs Jesus. And he's there. Thirdly, and I'm closing. I want you to see this, the majesty of the virgin birth. The majesty. This right here is what I want us to focus our attention on. Look with me, if you would please, in verse number 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Chapter 1, verse number 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, And bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. I want us to look at the majesty of this virgin birth. Who is this baby born? This? is God in human flesh. Why is the virgin birth so necessary? Why is the virgin birth so important? Why is the virgin birth so debated? Why is the virgin birth so hated? Because it's God. Hebrews 1.8, the Bible says this, but unto the Son he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A a, a sepulcher of righteousness was in the sepulcher of the kingdom. Hear me today, there is much debate that Jesus Christ is a good man. Jesus Christ is a good prophet. Jesus Christ is a good teacher. But where many divide, where many get insulted, where many fight is this, that Jesus Christ is God. We don't believe that Jesus Christ was just a good prophet. We don't believe that Jesus Christ was just a good teacher. We believe that Jesus Christ is God. He is God in the flesh. He is not a God. He is the God. He is the great I am. He is the God of the Bible. He is Lord. He is our Savior. That little baby lying in a manger is the mighty God of Genesis 1 1. Back in Genesis 1 1, when there was nothing in this world at all, when there was nothing in this universe, when there was no matter, when there was no atoms, when there was nothing at all, and God, with his simple words, spoke into existence everything that you and I see when. when God said, let there be a sun, and there was a sun, and God said, let there be stars, and let there be an earth, and let there be trees, and let there be uh, grass, and let there be cattle. When God breathed into the life, mankind life, that same God is Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. Jesus is the everlasting. The Bible says in John 1:1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. All the way back in the beginning, Jesus existed. The world is going to come to Jesus. As we've been studying through the book of Revelation, we've been building and building and building. And where are we going to get to is this. The world is finally going to come. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day, he's going to step out of glory. He's going to touch his foot on the Mount of Olives. There's going to be a great earthquake. He's going to make his way into Jerusalem. He's going to sit on the throne of his father, David, and he is going to rule and reign on this earth. Why? Because he is God. There's never going to be peace without the Prince of Peace. The answer to the world is the answer we preach of today, Jesus Christ. The hope of our world is Jesus Christ. You see, many don't want to believe that Jesus is God. The virgin birth teaches us that God became flesh. Jesus Christ, who always was, became flesh. Jesus, the virgin-born Son of God, took our sin and died and bore our sin debt. In church, the only way this could ever happen is he was born of a virgin. Jesus Christ was not born into sin. He overturned what Adam lost to sin. He went to the cross when his blood was shed, his blood was perfect, his blood was holy. And when Jesus Christ comes again, he's coming again to rule and reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. Is the virgin birth important? You better believe it. You better believe it. Do we believe the virgin birth? You better believe it. Is it a great mystery? Does it always make sense? No, but with God, nothing is impossible. This is why the Bible says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, to believe the Bible, it does take faith. To believe that nothing existed and God stepped out from nothing and created everything, with simply His Word, takes faith. To believe that God left heaven to become flesh, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, went to the cross to shed His blood, takes faith. And today I pray that you have, by faith, received Jesus Christ. And if you have never done that, today my prayer is that you, by faith, Would believe that Jesus Christ is God. Became flesh so that you could be redeemed and reconciled back to God. That's the message that we celebrate this upcoming week. The story of Christmas. It's not just a babe lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, it's God become flesh. When those shepherds walked up to that manger scene, they saw that manger, that, that baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying there in that manger of hay. Cute little baby. Dimples and chubby little feet. They saw God. What a wonderful story it is. And I pray that you would take, if you know christ if you take that story and share that story of god's redemptive plan for mankind and if you don't know jesus christ i pray today by faith you'll believe that he was born of a virgin lived a sinless life so that you could be redeemed back to god would you pray with me today you just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at monclova road baptist church If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, MonclovaBaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.